Our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz game night post game show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Uh, Ben, let's take a look at uh, the sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz fell to the heat 107-104. The Jazz shot 43% from the field, 38 of 88. Uh, They were 12 of 35 uh, from beyond the arc. They were led by Joe Ingles, who had 27 points. He was red hot. 9 of 16 from the field. 7 of 12 from 3. Uh, Rudy Gobert with a big time double-double. 16 points, 19 rebounds, and 5 block shots. Donovan Mitchell struggled a little bit tonight. 13 points on 5 of 18 shooting, uh, but he did have 7 assists, Ben. And Boyan Bogdanovich with 19 points on 4 of 13 shooting. Emmanuel Moutier at 12 coming in off the bench, but not quite enough as they fall to the Jazz 107-104, or fall to the Heat, excuse me, 107-104. And how about Tyler Hero, by the way, down the stretch, Ben? He was He's going to be one heck of a player. He had 17 total points tonight in 27 minutes, but was great in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's a baller. I mean, that kid can really play. He, he's doing a lot of the same things that we saw with Devin Booker at Kentucky, where he was on a team that had so much talent. He was kind of overshadowed and kind of played a weird role where I, I don't know if John Calipari at Kentucky is actually the best coach. He gets the best recruits, but I don't know if he's the best coach because he doesn't always bring the best out of all of his players, and sometimes you do get some of those guys that were enormously high recruits like Devin Booker or like uh, Tyler Hero who then get to the NBA and, and really take off once once the game expands and certainly the floor opens up for them and Tyler Hero was brilliant and look they were smart I mean they know how much Donovan's been playing and, and they know that he was not having a great game tonight certainly not his best of the season and they just went after him over and over in the fourth quarter and, and Donovan didn't have any legs by that point so uh that was maybe the one thing the Jazz were missing in this game was a big Donovan Mitchell performance and they've been getting him over the last few nights whether it was passing against Charlotte or, or the two scoring performances in the fourth quarter against Orlando and Atlanta and he just he just wasn't he did not have the legs anymore tonight yep. and that was unfortunate but Jazz were still close it was a fun game that was a that was an enjoyable game to watch and once again the the entire starting lineup played a ton of minutes they did in Charlotte they did in Atlanta uh, Donovan tonight 39 minutes Ingles 38 uh, Royce 36 Rudy 36. Bogdanovich played 29, but really that was just because he was in foul trouble or yeah. he would have probably been in the upper 30s as well. I mean, there's no doubt about it. On the, the final game of a road trip playing that many minutes, uh, fat- fatigue took hold a little bit tonight, and that's unfortunate because they've been playing so well uh, in the fourth quarter. But you know what, Ben? We always knew this Miami game was going to be tough, and, yep. and especially because Miami it plays hard. We talked a lot about, a lot about it in the pregame show. I would have bet that Quinn was not planning on playing the starters that many minutes for back-to-back nights, but 
because they were close, they were up five at the end of the three. Uh, I bet you the Jazz. I bet you Quinn felt like, hey, let's let's go steal this one. Let's go win this game let's in Miami, and then it just got away from them. At that point, they've already played 32, 33 minutes, and it was never far enough away to sit the guys. All right, back to Miami we go, where Coach Snyder is addressing the media. Those, those situations, he was hitting a sh- couple shots that you know, I don't know if we could do any more. Um, but there were some other situations where I felt like we had more control over the game, and you know. And we didn't, you know, we didn't come up with a couple of loose balls. We missed a couple of rebounds. We had a couple of turnovers. It's a lot of little things that chipped away at it. Um, and you know, that those are those hurt because you feel like you're. You, I know how hard we're competing, and we did a lot of good things. Um, we just got to got to be incrementally better in a lot of situations in order to win on the road against a team like Miami. When, uh, what changed for you guys offensively in that fourth quarter? You- I think we got a, well, did you see our shots? You know, I thought we got tired. We had some really good looks. Um, they trapped us, um, but, you know, a couple possessions early, maybe we didn't handle it as well as we could have, but, you know, we got, we got good looks. Um, and that, that's what you have to do when someone's going to double you or whatever the recognition was in the reads. But, you know, I thought we got a little tired. Uh, and then not getting stops doesn't give you an opportunity to score for your defense. You know, it happened to us in the first half when we fouled. Um, they set up, and they, at that point they were in zone. Um, they were able to set their defense, and we had attack and set defense. And then in the second half, um, you know, a couple guys getting hot and then giving up some, some defensive rebounds. A lot of times you look at your offense, and it points you back to your defense. But we had, we had, we had good shots. Even though you didn't win, can you take some moral victory out of this at all, considering you played so well? Well, you know, it's we want to set the bar high. So um, we need to play better. You know, I, I, when I say better, I think we we have started to play better. I think we're a team that's improving, but you know, that that's not enough. And I don't think any of our guys are satisfied with that. And that's what gives you a chance to get better. Um, you know, that's a really really good team. Obviously, and, you know, at home, and you know, we did a lot of things that you know you need to do to win. But we've we've got to do some more. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as his team fell in Miami tonight, 107-104. What did you think about what coach had to say, Ben? I agree with him. I mean, he sounded overall pretty positive about what happened tonight with the team. And, and you know, he wasn't happy with everything because you, you saw George Nyang. He only ended up playing nine minutes on the night and went one of seven while he was on the floor and really missed a few uh, rotations out to three-point shooters or didn't contest out at three. So I, I don't think the minutes indicate that he was happy with everything he saw. But from what he was talking about there, I mean, the, the Jazz played reasonably well. They, they got tired. They took some tough shots, and, and they weren't making shots at a particularly high rate outside of Joe Ingles. And they finished just 43% from the floor and 34% from the three-point line. And, you know, those percentages were a lot higher at the half. I mean, the Jazz played really well in the first half. And then once those shot, shots stopped falling, the Jazz kind of just continued to fall out of the game and out of the game. And, and really, the bottom fell out in the fourth quarter. But what Quinn said, I think, was accurate. Miami played really hard. And Jazz just didn't have the legs to do it anymore. The other big story of the night, of course, it's been reported by ESPN and others that uh, the Jazz have pulled off a trade with the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, sending Dante Exum and two future second-round picks to Cleveland in exchange for Jordan Clarkson. And uh, we'll continue to talk kind of about the game as well as that big story as the, the show goes along. But I think uh, tonight was an excellent example of, of why they're bringing him in. 
you know, on the night where your your normal scores aren't uh, don't necessarily have it going, and you're looking in different directions, including to the bench. He's a guy who can come in. He's averaging 14 points a game right now, Ben, in only 23 minutes. He's a guy who can come in and make uh, make an impact in those stretches like the fourth quarter where you need somebody to keep the the ship afloat. You know, you can see it when the Jazz have a guy they can go to on the bench and get results, and that was Emmanuel Moutier in the third quarter, and he had a 6-0 run by himself, and the Jazz had the five-point lead, and you say, okay, that, that's what the bench needs. I mean, they don't need to be great. The, the Jazz aren't a team that needs to hope that the starting lineup isn't down eight or 12, and then the bench is going to come in and win the second unit, which right. the Jazz did a couple of years ago when they had that Joe Johnson bench, and they were really deep. Uh, that's not who the Jazz are. The Jazz need a bench that can stay even or minus two or minus four for a game, but they can't be minus 10. And that's kind of what they've been the last, you know, 12 games now, 10 games with Mike Conley out. And even before that, they were struggling. So you need to have you need to have an identity with that bench unit. And you need to be able to fight fire with fire. I've said that so much this season. And when you're a scoring team like the Jazz are right now, you can't have big drop-offs because the Jazz aren't good enough defensively right now off the bench to, to stop other teams' second units from scoring. So you've got to match that. And and Jordan Clarkson does one thing really well in the NBA, and that's score the ball. I mean, yep. he's a career 14-point-per-game scorer. He's never scored fewer than 14 points, I think, other than maybe one season. Even then, I don't think – I mean, he's been in double digits his whole career. So he, he can do that. And the Jazz have realized that's something they need off the bench, and it will be very helpful. And, you know, let's face it, unfortunately, Dante Exum was – bringing nothing to the table. Uh, let's go back uh, to Miami. Donovan Mitchell's talking to the media. I think we played really well, but he just had a little breakdown. You know, um, that just can't happen. And then on top of that, we didn't make shots. At the end, you know, we got looks we wanted. We did what we wanted. It just shots didn't fall, and they, and they made some. You guys fought hard, and then like he's talking about that fourth quarter, Hero definitely got going. What did what did you see there? Took my ass. Six straight possessions. Um, credit to him. You know, like Calder's dribble, and I'm. He did his thing, you know. He capitalized on my, my poor defense, and I take credit. For, I take the blame for that. That was on me, you know. He, he kicked my ass for three straight possessions, and then I had to be switched off him. So we'll see him again. Do you feel like he takes some moral victory out of playing so well and bringing this team to the end? Uh, yeah, you know, but you know, we're not in the mood for moral victories anymore. You know, we've we've passed that point. I think this is a game we came in expecting to win, but you know that when you lose like that, I think there's certain possessions where it's like mental things that we could get back, and you can keep saying it, but you know that's what separates teams like like ourselves and there at what. The two seed right now, we're a six seed. You know, we three seed. You know that we got to be able to, to execute late. We got to be able to execute on little things. And um, like I said, we'll get better. And we'll see him again. Donovan, the uh, news broke right before the game that yeah, yeah. Donovan created. What can, uh, that's my that's my guy, man. You know, it's it's, it's moments like this. You always remember that it, that it is a business. And you know, he's a guy that's been su- such an incredible spirit. You know, obviously having gone through what he's went through injury wise and all that. And you know, for him, I, I wish him all the best. You know, I loved him as a teammate, a great teammate, a great dude. And you know he's he's a guy that just just always lighthearted and always always in a great mood. And we're definitely going to miss his presence. You know I think for for him it's just, this is the first time he's been like traded. You know so this is something new for him. But you know I think all the guys are going to miss him for sure. And you know I think you know for, for him I just wish him the best of luck, man. You know and to stay healthy because he's a guy that really puts the work in behind closed doors that people don't see and puts on a lot a lot of hours. In. And and um, I respect him and I love him for that. What do you know about Jordan Clarkson coming in? Um, I don't know much to be honest. Um, I mean, I know he's a scorer. You know, he, can, he, he can really get going. I don't know too much, but I'm, I'm excited to have him. You know, he's going to add some scoring to, to our team, and, you know, hope he's ready to go. 
That was Donovan Mitchell. A few interesting things that he covered right there, including the trade. Uh, obviously, he's going to miss Dante Exum. But one thing that stood out to me right there, Ben, I love it how personally he takes the fact that Tyler Hero got the best of him on three consecutive possessions. He said, quote, he kicked my ass for three straight possessions. He capitalized on my poor defense. I'll take the blame for that, unquote. And then followed that up with, we'll see him again. Yeah. You got to love that. Yeah, and it's personal. The, the Jazz do, you, you can't accuse the Jazz starters of not caring. Right. I, I don't think that that's in question at all. One of the things we talked about before the game was Rudy Gobert was going to take this matchup with Bam Adebayo seriously, which is great because that means, A, Rudy's not on top of the mountain. And make no mistake, Rudy is on top of the mountain as far as big men go right now in the NBA. It's it's he, it's Anthony Davis, it's Joel Embiid, but it's a short list and Rudy Gobert is on it. And Bam Adebayo is trying to climb that hill. And Rudy knows that. And Rudy's not going to give up his spot. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell did get smoked by... Uh, Tyler Hero in the fourth quarter. I mean, he did. T- Tyler Hero was just better than Donovan was. I mean, really, all night in total, he was better, but specifically in the fourth quarter. And glad that Donovan Mitchell recognizes that, doesn't say who, you know, isn't going to pretend like it didn't happen. Right. And then is going to welcome Miami back and is going to try and put 40 on him. I mean, you got to have that ability. you got to have that desire. And, and there's no question that Donovan Mitchell has that. All right. We'll have more coming up next. More sound from the locker room as well. We want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now on Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz lose in Miami to the Heat, 107-104. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. Uh, post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall in Miami tonight, 107 104. Uh, they were uh, led by Joe Ingles, who had 27 points on 9 of 16 shooting tonight. Ben, let's uh, get to your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Tonight's uh, points in the paint. Uh, the Jazz, let's see, outscored Miami 50-46. to 46. And you got to think that 46 number for, for the Heat uh, has a lot to do with one Rudy Gobert, who just seemed to be uh, altering, if not blocking, every shot that came his way. Yeah, they, they just did not get it going in the paint. And when they would break down the Jazz defense and get into the, into the paint and close to the rim... Rudy was really disruptive, and that's what you know. Five block shots will do that, and they don't have great size. Even their big players like Myers Leonard prefers to shoot threes, and Kelly Olynyk never really got it going tonight either. So uh, they just they, they were fine, but they certainly were not great in the paint, and, and the Jazz got that advantage. And you know, Rudy was also getting a bunch of putback dunks and. Jazz, Jazz missed a lot of easy ones, too, yeah. though. You know, I mean, I want to say in the first half, Boyan Bogdanovich was one of five inside the paint. Just like, he's such a great three-point shooter and was really good finishing at the rim early in the season, but that's taken a step back somewhat. And uh, you make a couple of those, this is a different game, but at least he's getting to the paint still. Quick update on Rudy's stats, by the way. Um, I just had a box my box score. I'm looking at refresh, and they gave him an extra rebound, so he actually had 20 rebounds. Back to Miami we go, where Bogdanovich is addressing the media. A couple turnovers, and then they... Some of some of their guys get a get a hot hero hero hit a couple couple shots, but uh, that, that that was the key. I don't think that we played that we played bad bad game, but it was not not enough today. 
Do you take any solace in the fact that you did play so well against a team that was really good at home, even though you came up a little short? I mean, it's tough to say right now, but I think after the loss, but I think that we are we are getting better every every single every single game. We know that it's going to be tough. They are one of the one of the best teams in the, one of the best teams in the league, especially especially at home. But like I said, we had a lot of lot of wide open shots that we that we didn't that we didn't knock down. Joe was the only only guy offensively that uh, that found some some rhythm. So tough loss at the end of the day for the for the end of this road trip. But we got another one in two days. So we gotta be we gotta be ready. How much did the three fouls in the first quarter really kind of affect your? It kind of affect me, took me from from my game. I didn't play for whole whole second quarter, so basically I started I started to play in in, in the third quarter. So I was I was kind of cold and and, and some some bad calls, but uh, at the end of the day, that's that's not the reason why we why we lost the game. Thank you. Boyan Bogdanovich, who had 19 points tonight, been a 4 of 14 shooting. Uh, he had foul trouble, though, and you heard him talk about how he missed most of the second quarter, and that can, you know, if you get out of your normal kind of playing patterns, rotation patterns, those sorts of things, those, those ha- that has an effect on you. I feel like he's been living at the free throw line recently. I need to pull up his game logs, but uh, that's a great number still. And, yeah, right, the three fouls in the first quarter, you can't do that, and Quinn took a chance by putting him in, and he did not reward Quinn Snyder for no. doing that because it pulled him out of the entire second quarter, but... He was what, 4 of 14 and had 19 points. When you go to the free throw line 10 times, that's fantastic. That and helps. He's been able to do that. That's that's how you become the best scorer on the team. And I know he doesn't lead the team in scoring, but he's averaging 21 points a game. That'll dip a little bit because he only scored 19 tonight. But, man, that's insane. I mean, that's a really fantastic number. And over his last, let's see, I can pull this up. Over his last seven games, Boyan Bogdanovich is averaging six free throw attempts. That's awesome. That's a really great number. That's how you become uh, one of the most efficient scorers in the league, not just a high scorer, but very efficient. And he's doing that, and then he shoots you know, 90% from the free throw line. So that's that, that's incredible. That's exactly what the Jazz need. He has been an unbelievable addition. Whatever you know, struggles the Jazz have had in this early season, and, and listen, we're still talking about a team that's 18 and 12. I mean, you know, that's not a bad record. Let's, let's use the word struggles lightly. But anyway, he has not been responsible for any of them. He has been terrific and certainly is exceptional any expectation I think any rational fan has had for him uh, I think we I, you know the collective we've been expected him to be an impact player not in the running for the jazz best player yeah uh, no question about it and it's funny you look at the I, we were talking real plus minus before the the game started and Rudy, who's been the Jazz best player according to Real Plus Minus, where, where he's doing the majority of his damage is he's such a positive on the defensive side of the ball. He's like a plus 2.45 defensively per 100 possessions. That's how good Boyan Bogdanovich is offensively. Right. I mean, the, the points they add or subtract based on which side of the ball they're on, I mean, that's how good Boyan is. He's as good offensively as Rudy is defensively, and Rudy's the best defensive player in the world. So <laughs> right. that doesn't mean that Boyan's the best defensive player in the world because there are freaks on that side of the ball, like LeBron, like James Harden, like uh Giannis that can do so much but he's that good he impacts the game at a very similar rate 
All right, Ben, let's look at the assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, the Jazz had 17 assists on 39 made field goals. They were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had seven assists of his own. But that number's a little lower than we've uh, been used to seeing, uh, Ben. And maybe that has something to do with Miami playing a lot of that zone. But uh, we've uh, we've seen the Jazz mainly in the 20s for the past couple of weeks, or certainly during that five-game win streak in the assist category. A little bit lower tonight. Yeah, uh, you know, and some of that was missed shots in the in the second half for sure because the Jazz were getting kickouts and, and getting a lot of open looks. You know, Royce O'Neal missed a wide open three in the corner. Uh, George Nyang missed a couple in the first half that, that I thought were pretty good looks as well. So uh, just not there tonight. Just, uh, you know, the, the shots were not falling enough. And that's uh, that's been an issue for the Jazz. And uh, luckily it's not for most of the season. But uh, on the nights when they lose, generally they're missing a couple of open looks. But you like that they're still getting the open looks. And they shoot, you know, almost 38% or whatever it is as a team where they're the number one uh, three-point shooting team in the league right now. Well, you know, Donovan, we talked about him struggling a little bit. You got to like seeing that seven assists, though. And really, it should have been nine uh, because down the stretch, he had Royce O'Neal in the corner, opposite corners for two wide open three pointers that Royce, more often than not, I think, knocks down and he missed, uh, he missed both of them. So, you know, Donovan didn't shoot the ball that well tonight, but you like seeing that seven assists. Yeah. Uh, and he's got to keep that up now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fall when Mike Conley comes back and. You know, expected to to because he's not going to be initiating as much as he can. But it is a very nice option to know that that Donovan Mitchell has that ability. And I mean that that pass where he got trapped in the fourth quarter yeah. was out forty three feet away from the hoop and found with two hands over pass uh, overhead pass Rudy underneath the rim for a dunk. Is that's as good a pass as you can make in the NBA. It's just it's incredible how skilled he is. He doesn't flash everything he can do every game, but uh, you saw a glimpse of it there. Even though he was not at his best tonight, clearly for the Heat tonight, Jimmy Butler led the way. He had twenty points, eight boards, had a couple of assists. Uh, Bam Adebayo had eighteen points, twelve rebounds, but he was only five of fourteen shooting. Ben he went to the line a lot, eight of Ten and Bam did not have a, a good first half. I think his numbers are a little more mm, inflated than the actual game that he had. Yeah, I, I agree. And and some of that was late, where he was getting fouled and going to the free throw yeah. line, and and helped ice the game. You know, got to credit him. And and still eighteen and twelve and eighteen, twelve and six is a fantastic night. Uh, he was a minus six though, and Jimmy Butler was a minus seven on the game. So yeah. the, the Jazz really didn't let their stars beat them. It was Tyler Hero, though, coming off the bench who uh, goes 7-13 and gets 17 points and 3-5 of five from the three-point line. That was just too much for the Jazz in the fourth quarter where, you know, they beat the Jazz with their depth and... The Jazz aren't beating teams with their depth right no. now because the Jazz don't have it. But, again, it goes back to why they made the trade. Goran Dragic coming off the bench, too, was really good tonight, Ben. Actually, his shooting, not terrific, 5 of 16, but he had 15 points, and he was a plus 15 in this one, go along with six rebounds. Again, I really like him coming off the bench. That's a that's a luxury right there to have a player like that coming off the bench, let alone he and Tyler Hero. You can't really ask, unless you have Manu Ginobili – or some of the truly great six men in NBA history. I mean, even Lou Williams may not fall into this category, though he's certainly in that conversation for one of the best we've seen. Steadiness off your bench is so underappreciated. If you can just come in and be normal and not lose a game, it's hugely valuable. It's a lot like special teams, I want to say, in sure. football. Okay. Where special teams, if it's good, you're just you're, you're glad you have it, but you don't pay a whole lot of attention to it, but you're glad you have it. You're right. glad it's steady. When it's bad, it's so obvious that it's bad. And a bench unit, when they come in and they play a fifth of the game or a third of the game and they're not good enough, right. 
it's just it's so glaring and it feels so impossible to overcome the same way bad special teams you just dread your field goal kicker going out of the field who who was it now I'm trying to think in the NFL yesterday was it the Panthers whose punt return coverage gave up 300 yards or something like that <laughs> two touchdowns and what really should have been a third ain't great I mean <laughs> that's one of those you're you're totally right about the special teams like when it's there you're like oh okay that was, you know punt coverage yeah great that's yeah. that's terrific but, yeah right but then you see a game like that and you're like boy that punt coverage was sure critical well really, this is tougher than what i thought <laughs> man if that special teams coordinator made it out of the stadium with Oof. his job he he uh he really lucked out the jazz bench tonight uh moutier had 12 but as ben pointed out earlier he was minus 18 while getting the the those 12 points six of eight shooting um Let's see, Jeff Green had seven, George Niang had three, and Ed Davis had zero in 12 minutes. So not, I mean, it was funny. We were talking to Lochter and Crosstalk, and he said here he thought the, the bench played well tonight, and then you look at the numbers, and it's like, oh, wait, not quite. But I do think I do think Moutier was much better tonight than that minus 18 Absolutely. would indicate. Uh, and I don't want to cherry-pick his stats because I've probably been more positive on Emmanuel Moutier than I think a lot of Jazz fans have been. Uh, but but I think he's been overall pretty solid. There are flaws in just raw plus minus data, especially game to game. Right. And I think that's a good indicator that that was not the most accurate number tonight. Minus 18 when he was by no means the, the issue for the Jazz. And in fact, in the third quarter was a, a huge reason why they were as good as they were on both sides of the ball. Not only did he have the 6-0 run by himself getting into the paint, but uh, was a part of the reason why the Jazz held the Miami Heat to just 23 third quarter points. All right, uh, I know we are. Uh, what's that, Adrian? Uh, this, according to Tony Jones, the Jazz are waving Jeff Green. Wow! Wow! Oh, I, and Shams Sharani. Yep, there's a, a report from Shams right there. The Jazz are waving forward Jeff Green. How about that? What a day in Jazzland uh, today, Ben. They make an acquisition uh, trading for Jordan Clarkson. And now, according to uh, Sham Sharania, they are waving forward Jeff Green. I know Jeff Green has not been playing all that well, but uh, but that's... That's pretty startling news, Ben Anderson. Uh, and it means, it, it, well, first of all, Jeff Green hasn't been playing well enough. He's been one of the worst players in the NBA, and he's one of the worst players in the NBA who regularly gets minutes and isn't a rookie. So uh, that's an, it's a it's a big change for the Jazz. Luckily, you're not paying him a lot of money, and it's also probably an indicator that the Jazz aren't done making moves. Hmm. Wow, so that's big news. All right, uh, Jazz waving forward Jeff Green. We'll talk more about that coming up on the other side. It is your Jazz Game Night post-game show. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Heat beat the Jazz 107-104 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. The Jazz fall tonight to the Heat 107 104. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Uh, we'll get to back to some of the breaking news here in a moment, Ben, but let's take a look at tonight's Master of the Glass. 
brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Uh, Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. As usual, tonight's Master of the Glass, Ben Rudy Gobert, 20 rebounds tonight, six offensive boards, and really... Uh, Rudy has just been a monster as of late, Ben. By far the Jazz' most consistent player. Yeah, uh, I think 20 rebounds is the season high for Rudy. I know he'd got 19 a few times, which is insane to get 19 rebounds several times. But he had a breakthrough with 20. He's just a superstar. I mean, he, he really is. He's he's the best defensive player in the league. I, it probably goes to Anthony Davis this year if he can play enough games. But Rudy impacts opposing defenses as much as anyone we've seen in the NBA in a very long time at that center position and then uh, you know ends possessions and you end possessions by getting the rebound and, and he does that I mean 20 by yourself is just an absurd number how many how many rebounds did Jazz have on the night uh, let's see here let me bring this back up Ben it was they not had a, it's not a huge night 46 rebounds okay so he had almost half the Jazz rebounds that's tonight. amazing yeah uh, they were out rebounded by the Heat, fifty-five to forty-six. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they just rely on Rudy so much for in yep. the, in the rebounding department. And there's, you know, Donovan Mitchell's not a bad rebounder for a guard. I think Royce O'Neal is probably a better rebounder than he deserves to be. But they they really just rely on him so much in that department. Yeah, uh, and and luckily he he lives up to the hype. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's hard when you rely on someone and they can't do it. But when you rely on Rudy and he can do all the t- stuff that he does, yep. it's a it's a pretty good marriage. All right, let's uh, let's review some of the breaking news here tonight, Ben. <laughs> Where do we it's, start? It's been an uh, an adventure on top of the loss in Miami. Uh, we found out during the pregame show, Ben, that Dante Exum is traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, along with a, a pair of second round picks. Uh, in return, Jordan Clarkson will be coming to the Jazz. And uh, then we found out just in the last segment that the Jazz are going to waive Jeff Green. And again, that's according to Shams. Yep. We have not seen anything official from the Jazz or the NBA regarding really either the trade yep. or or Jeff Green being waived. And then uh, you were talking about this on your Twitter. Uh, possibly expect uh, Jarrell Brandley to be the next one to get an opportunity. Yeah, I'll be curious because he's been traveling with the team. Now you get you know what, 45 days as a two-way player to travel with the main team uh, before you have to get either sent back to the G League or, or released, and uh, he's been he's been good on a good G League team. Now you know that that team's won 13 in a row and won the championship or won the tournament last night, I should say. Uh, and Brantley wasn't even on that yep. team, but uh, that's a, that's a good sign. Wait, we have more news uh, coming from Adrian Wojnarowski. Utah is finalizing a multi-year deal with Bucks G League forward. Right, uh, Rajon Tucker. Okay, according to ESPN, so maybe not Jarrell Brantley. Yeah, sorry for leading you down that direction there, Ben. Just as we were, uh, you know, <laughs> interrupted by uh, news. Interesting. USA Today uh, earlier today, speculation is swirling that Rajon Tucker is close to an NBA deal, according to Cody Taylor. That was uh, five hours ago. So, yep, they were right. And, That's uh, it. And he is. That's the deal. Uh, John Hollinger of the Athletic said uh, Tucker did not play with the herd Sunday. Uh, and was a healthy scratch. That's Milwaukee's G League team. So someone expected this to happen. So the Jazz have apparently had this working for about 24 hours now and knew this was going to happen. He's shooting a 39% from the three-point line right now and uh, kind of scores all over the floor. So that's a, if you're not getting anything from your veterans, try a young guy. Why not? And, and you know, we, we were talking to David. I want to say this was either the Philadelphia game where the Jazz got blown out or maybe the Toronto game. And David had said something along the lines of, you know, can you just play Nigel Williams-Goss and Jarrell Brantley and, and, and 
go as young as you can and say, at least if they play hard, you're getting something? Because there were times you would watch the Jazz bench, specifically Jeff Green, and it didn't look like he was playing hard. It didn't look like right. he was running hard. He wasn't chasing guys off the three-point line hard enough. And you said to say, w- wh- how is that possible? You know, How can you be doing that? Why not go with the guy who's going to want it more? And if you're going to be the 10th worst player in the league like Jeff Green has been this season, be the 10th worst player who tries hard. And even if uh, uh, this ends up happening and, and you end up seeing uh, Rajon Tucker brought in to, to be that guy for the Jazz, at least there's some upside there because I'm not sure Jeff Green was going to give the Jazz at any point this season what I think they hoped this offseason. And, and we've we've talked a lot about this, that they've needed somebody like a, like a Wes Matthews or, or a Paul Millsap. But even think about this, you know, they got uh, Damari Carroll out of the G League years ago. Yep. I mean, what what would an, a player like that do for this roster? And if if you've seen enough of, of Jeff Green, because he's the one being waived here, that you, you don't think you're going to get what you need to get, maybe it's maybe it's there with Tucker maybe it's not but you got to you got to try you know I don't like the phrase die with your boots on because it's a little violent for me and <laughs> I, basketball. I, just, I can't really think of a better thing to say right now but like you know you, you're not going to do the same thing over and over again and if it's been such a problem which it has it might as well try something else yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Don't don't keep trying the same thing over and over and expect different results, as they say. You know, that's the definition of insanity. And the the jazz are are trying something different. And here's what I love about it: a, it sends a message to everyone in that locker room that the jazz are trying to play hard and they're not going to allow you to not play hard and still get minutes. And then secondly, the jazz know how hard they play or they they work this off season to build a contender, mm-hmm. and they're not going to let one or two options on this team derail that. And, and when they are making mistakes, the Jazz are going to go out and, uh, and have success elsewhere or find success elsewhere and are going to keep trying something new. And, and that's what they're doing. And it, it was at that point. Uh, and I think the Jazz had recognized enough and had a big enough sample size that th- they knew where the problem was. There, there was no question mark anymore that, that not only was the bench the problem, but a few specific players on the bench were the problem. All right. Uh, Woj supplements his report. He says, Tucker, undrafted out of Arkansas, Little Rock made strong impression on several teams at G League Showcase. He'll get a guaranteed deal for the rest of the season per sources, and then adds Utah waving Jeff Green to create roster spot per source. Yeah. So he's going to get a deal for the rest of the year. It's uh, and good for, and I'm sure it's Royce O'Neal's deal. I'm, I guarantee you it's the exact same deal, which is, uh, you know, whatever seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, whatever the league minimum is for a rookie, and then the Jazz will have <laughs> three years of options on his contract. Where if you're good, you're going to keep coming back and making one point two, one point four, one point five million dollars, and it's what good teams do. It's what good front offices do when. The Jazz are a good front office. I mean, to pull off the trade they made earlier for Jordan Clarkson, to go back to that with Dante Exum, the draft picks they used were draft picks they got in the Boris Diaw trade, who the Jazz got a second-round pick by taking on Boris Diaw, and then Boris Diaw came in and helped them win games. Yeah, he did. And then Derek Favors could have been waived, but instead they did their homework. They found a team that needed a center, was willing to take on a $16 million, and because you have to give something up in a trade— the Jazz got second-round draft picks back that they used to, to facilitate this trade. And that's that's little tiny stuff that a front office does that is kind of an afterthought in trades that makes you better down the line. And Dennis Lindsay has found a way to make this team better. Because you and I were talking about this uh, a little bit off the air. I mean, we both thought before this trade happened, in fact, you and I both said on these airwaves at different points today that 
we didn't think that the Jazz could get much value back for Dante Exum. Yeah. And and they did because of those little things that you're talking about, those little second rounders. But I still can't believe Cleveland uh, took him back with another year on that contract. I mean, I, I get it. They're probably committed to the rebuild. And no, it's not going to be anything special for those couple of years anyway. And maybe you take a flyer on a guy like Dante and all of a sudden all that athleticism that we've seen comes together and, and uh, his basketball abilities get much much better with more time on the floor and maybe that's a flyer that they're willing to try but considering you're bringing back a player who can help you right now in a situation that you desperately need and you only had to give up a couple of second round picks you acquired randomly i mean that's not bad ben no it's not bad no not at all and uh it'll be fun Jazz get a little Christmas gift here. You know, Jazz, everyone likes new. Regardless of what happens, you can enjoy the next two days because you like new players. And Jordan Clarkson and Rajon Tucker are the newest members of the Utah Jazz. And how about the G League uh, showcase? How awesome is it? Think of that guy's Christmas season. Think of how cool it's been uh, locally. First of all, you had 10 guys win $10,000 each. 10 Utah guys who play for the Stars that are splitting a $100,000 purse right before Christmas, those guys make $35,000 a year. So to get 10K is enormous for those guys. That's awesome. And then Rajon Tucker goes from a guy who played at Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, so he transferred up from Florida Gulf Coast to play at Little Rock. That was how big he could transfer up. And four months later, is in the NBA signing a, you know, multi-year deal guaranteed with the Utah Jazz. I mean, that's awesome. And that's why A, sports are awesome. B, Christmas miracle. Well, I got to I, I got to tell you, it it'd be pretty wild to be waived, traded for, traded, or acquired two days before Christmas. I can't imagine that's, the, that's nuts. I can't imagine. But uh, hey, you know, and it's sad for Jeff Green. You know, I mean, yeah. he's made tons of money in his career, so it's not that sad. You know, he was getting close to the end, anyways, and he'll he'll catch on somewhere. Someone will sign him, no doubt, and probably be a better spot for him too. Uh, but but Rajon Tucker getting a his crack at the NBA. The two days before Christmas is, you know, that's that's as good a story. As no, you can I have I have no clue if Rajon Tucker has kids or not. But but can you imagine? Like, hey yeah. kids, guess what? Christmas right. just got a lot <laughs> better. So much better. <laughs> a lot better. In fact, re resubmit your your Santa letters because because yeah. right. uh, so, like, yeah. Santa's going to revisit your list. Uh, but that's great. I mean, something had to happen, Ben. They had to do something. They had to do something. Yeah, they. they and they've really even been playing well again. They're six games over five hundred, and they they still could have been better. And that's a great sign if you're a Jazz fan. No doubt about it. All right, your final tonight: uh, the Jazz fall in Miami to the Heat, one oh seven one oh four. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at Mark Miller Subaru. We'll have more straight ahead here on your Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, uh, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports. Let's get to your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz from three, 12 of 36. They shot 33%. Uh, Joe Ingles was 7 of 12. Bogdanovich was 2 of 7. Outside of that, everybody else on the team struggled a little bit. Donovan Mitchell, 1 of 6. Royce O'Neal, one of five. George Niang, one of four. And Jeff Green, 
formerly of the Utah Jazz, 0 for 2. Um, we thought uh, while well, they were shooting a little bit better from three in the first half there, Ben, and Joe Ingles shot, shot it well the entire game, but uh, we're used to, uh, the, you know, not the best night from behind the line for the Jazz. No, they, they were really good in the first half. You know, they really were connecting, and, and it seemed like this was a, a game that the Jazz were going to have a great opportunity to win, and certainly they did still have an opportunity to win. Uh, they were up five going into the fourth quarter, and then quickly they were down uh, by 10 after giving up a 21-4 to run. Uh, so the, the, the hot shooting uh, certainly fell apart. Let's see, if you look at the first half alone, the Jazz were uh, 37% from the three-point line, 7 of 19. So certainly uh, they, they weren't getting up as many threes in the second half and not knocking down as, as many either. So that, that was part of the problem uh, and, and part of the legs there. And, uh, you know, tough, tough game in Miami. That's what Miami does. We, we told you they play close games, but they win a lot of close games. That's, that's a hard thing to beat, especially when you're on the road uh, at the end of a three-game road trip. And Especially where apparently there was this much, I don't want to say discord. I mean, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, anyone was throwing chairs at one another in a jazz locker room. I certainly haven't gotten any sense of that. But clearly there was not content with how the bench was playing, nor should there have been, because the jazz blew up the roster at the end of the game. They certainly did. Well, they started it before the game and then really got it going yeah. uh, after the game. If you're just joining us, they trade Dante Exum and two second-round picks for Jordan Clarkson. That happened before the game. And then news breaking here during the postgame show, uh, they waived Jeff Green and they signed G League forward uh, Ray John Tucker. So, and Tucker's going to be with the team, according to uh, Wojnarowski, for the rest of the season. So they must really uh, have liked, certainly, what they saw. And they're going to bring in some guys and give some opportunities and We'll see who uh, decides to step up and take it. Uh, and you know, not everyone comes from the G League, though. Unsigned rookies can come in and have a huge success. Look at Kendrick Nunn and what he's doing right now with the Miami Heat, who yeah. we just saw. I mean, he's going to make the all-rookie team this year. Uh, and that's a testament to scouting and good players and, and how well the G League can actually work. And I know Royce O'Neal wasn't technically with the G League. He was in Europe, but he did come to the Jazz Showcase that they had here of, of free agents and, and balled out and, and ended up earning a spot. And now look at how good Royce O'Neal is, and it's going to set himself up for a big contract this uh, offseason. So the G League's awesome. It's a, it's a great tool, and the Jazz have been good about mining it and keeping an eye on it. And, and then again, they still have Jarrell Brantley, who's with the team tonight, and actually I believe was in uniform. And I believe was in uniform because the Jazz had traded Dante Exum and made him inactive before the game. Uh, and he didn't get on the floor, but you know, Jazz are going to have some options. Jazz are not done fixing this unit. Uh, this is probably, I would suspect, the last move, but I, I also said that about uh, Dante Exum or uh, that I thought they would probably run with that for a while, and I was wrong about that. So who knows? So who knows? So who knows? There. You know what I like about the G League, Ben, and not to get too sidetracked, is is listen. Just because you you aren't aren't quite good enough to uh, you know at twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, or or weren't scouted quite well enough uh, while you were in college or over in Europe or whatever, by no means means that that should be the end of the road for you. And I realize that you know sometimes financially sticking around with the G League is is not the easiest thing to do. Although it is getting better with some rules changes yeah. and and some things there. They're trying to make it so it is more enticing for for guys uh, for guys to say, stay. But I mean, look at somebody like Joe Ingles, who has uh, didn't hit his peak until what would you say, Ben? Twenty nine, thirty years old. Yeah, I mean, twenty nine. You know, if if guys keep the dream alive and keep playing and keep improving in the G League, you know, there's plenty of opportunity now for you to get noticed and, and figure out a way to to get a big time payday. It's I'm, a it's a tough spot to be in. Do you go the Royce O'Neal route and go make more money in Europe and, and probably make six figures and, and say I'm going to do that and prove myself at this really high level, or do I stay in the states where I can go play? In the G League showcase and be in front of I mean, how many eyes were there? Probably 100 NBA yeah. scouts and every, N- every NBA general manager was there. And go- you only need one. 
You know, I mean, it's the famous saying in the draft, you only need one team to love you. Right. The Jazz liked right, Rajon Tucker enough and offered him enough money to, to come and sign with the team. So uh, that, that's got to be the gamble of why you want to stay in the States as well and, and risk making less money in what is a uh, very finite career. You know, I I thought, uh, and I know uh, you know Jimmer is a hot topic whenever his name comes up. But I thought the way Jimmer handled his G League situation, I, th- I thought was absolutely perfect. He did it for what a season and a half, almost two seasons, where he hung around with the Westchester Knicks, had another bite at the apple uh, or two, or well, did he get called up for New York? Anyway, I can't remember. But he, did. he played but, a ten day with the Knicks. That's right. But eventually, he said, "You know what? Enough is enough. The dream is great, but it's probably not going to happen for me. It's now time to go make some." Makes a make a living before I have to retire, and he's done just that in in China, where he made over a million dollars a year, yeah. and now in Greece, where he's making something similar. So. He's actually making he's playing really well in Greece. That's what's funny. He might get another opportunity. I didn't think it would happen, but he's probably the second best player on that team and shooting the heck out of the ball, and he's going to get another opportunity. Trey Burke stuck around with yep. the G League, and now he's yep. he's back on an NBA roster with Philadelphia. So I mean, I, I think you've got to figure out. All right, I can be patient and stick around with the G League, you know, to be in front of folks, but at some point you have to say, all right, I got to go make some money and you know what you can certainly be be scouted and and discovered and signed and all those things playing over in europe it just makes it a little bit more complicated yeah it's the nba is doing their due diligence to make sure they can see you it's just it's really expensive to send 30 guys over there or five scouts over there you know you probably have a couple of teams there are a couple of guys on your international team that travel all over china and europe and you know wherever they have to to watch players but uh, when you're in the States, you get a little better opportunity to do that. Well, Tucker just now has to get on to, uh, what, buy a, if he's still in Vegas, a $150 plane ticket the Jazz yeah. have. He'll be in town. Could be in town already. Yeah, he might be here. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he was already working out the deal, there's probably a decent chance he was here already. Right. So, I mean, the the convenience of that is is good. And now if you can find a player, and and we'll learn more about Tucker's game, uh, he obviously can score the basketball. But if you can find a player that can come in and, and make an impact, uh, you know, in, with you know 12 to 20 minutes a game, sure. I mean, that's that's a discovery. He's scored 30 points or more in his last four games in the G League. So he can put the ball that's in the pretty hole. pretty good. <laughs> he, can, he can score. He can get buckets. Now you just hope he's not more assault where, you know, that yeah. was the pinnacle of his basketball career. Morris Almond. <laughs> Didn't think we'd be talking about Morris Good tonight, did you? Did you? Big huh? number 22, Mo Almond. Uh, D-League MVP, I believe, one year. Yeah. So Led college in scoring. And that, <laughs> that was that, it. Never even thought about playing defense. Where did he, he like, play? Rice? Yes, I think. Good pull, Ben. I think it was Rice. Wow, look at you. So oh, a big well, happenings today. Who do you think you are on uh, on top of just the game, uh, Ben? Now with with the action here during the post game, did you have to to scrap your Jordan Clarkson uh, uh, column? Or no, just, I did. I wrote. Did up, you supplement it with the new? I info? haven't even supplemented because I'm writing my gamer now. I'm writing my recap of the game, and I'm a paragraph in, and everything keeps changing. So it's hard to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I want to get your recap on the off the court stuff tonight and the on the court stuff tonight. Why don't we start with the on the court? stuff tonight what what are you taking away from this one against Miami good performance from the Jazz and they are getting better and Quinn Snyder said that he says he thinks this team is getting better as did Boyan Bogdanovich and I agree with him I think this is a team that is gaining confidence has won five of six they're two games below 500 on the road you need to do that and you need to be able to hang with good teams on the road and the Jazz have done that now with the with Miami they did it against Milwaukee a few weeks ago there's clearly the glimmer of hope there. There's still the potential is there for this team to be really, really good. Because when the starting lineup is good, they're in games, uh, even when the bench was bad. 
I think that's a strength, and I think you're starting to see guys play hard. And I actually thought Ed Davis played as hard as we've seen all season, and he got benched in the last game. I mean, Quinn Snyder fired a shot over the bow or whatever the saying is to, to say, hey, guys, this is serious. Like This is not playtime. We're, we're, we're trying to win games here. Everyone's job is on the line, and he meant it because two days later, jobs were changed. Uh, I, I like that, and I like that, that Ed Davis played harder. Ed Davis was the one guy who... I was maybe most surprised at the small impact he'd had on this team, right. how little impact he has had, because he has had good impacts on the Brooklyn Nets, on the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Trailblazers, and the Memphis Grizzlies, and all the teams he's played on, uh, and he hadn't done it yet with the Jazz. So I, I thought he could do more, and I thought just by playing hard tonight, he had a good impact, and I think that's a very positive sign going forward, especially now that he's got some offensive scoring help where he doesn't have to touch the ball. All right, Ben, let's talk about the off-the-floor stuff. Are the Jazz a better team right now than they were, well, what, four hours ago? Yes, because Jordan Clarkson makes them better. Yep. You know, the Jazz leading scorer off the bench, and maybe you say it's Joe Ingles, uh, even though I think he's permanent in the starting lineup now, it was nine points a game. And below that was Jeff Green at like 7.8 points a game. And Jordan Clarkson comes in averaging 14. You know, it's you got to score. you got to be able to score, and you got to have six men that can score. And traditionally, the best six men aren't <laughs> lockdown defensive players. No. Yeah, no, it's not Tony Allen. Tony Allen's a great guy you want to have in your starting lineup who comes in and, you know what I mean, d- defends the opposing team's best player. Your sixth man is generally a scorer. Is Lou Williams, is Jamal Crawford, is, you know, a- any Manu Ginobili, long names, especially guards that seem to come in and be able to light you up. So getting Jordan Clarkson to come in and hopefully play that role is a plus. And even if he's, say... Alec Burks. Alec Burks' minutes with the Jazz, even though they were largely unremarkable, were better than what I think the Jazz have gotten from some of their bench players this year. So that's a plus, and you hope he's better than that. And then going out and signing the best G League player right now, you know, that's available, that's not on a two-way contract, you weren't getting enough from Jeff Green. And it was a bad marriage. You know, Jeff Green didn't want to be here, it seemed like. And not that he ever expressed that, but he wasn't playing hard. He wasn't trying that hard, and the results were very poor. Uh, he was the 11th worst offensive player and the 12th worst defensive player of 12 players that were playing. I mean, he was the second worst offensive player on the team and the absolute worst defensive player. Uh, you you got to get more than that. And yeah. you can get more than that. You, you can get players that are better than that. And I think that's what Dennis Lindsay decided and the Jazz front office decided. And, and I love that they were aggressive about it. Yep. Jeff Green was lost a lot. Yeah, you know he was lost on defense. Yeah, he, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And, and anybody you you could be lost, you know, once or twice. You know, before you figure it out, you know, a few games, a few weeks or whatever. But if, you, if you're constantly lost several months into the season, it's probably because you're not picking up on it, probably because you don't want to. I mean, that was always the thing with Ennis Cantor, right? You always yes. thought like, hey, you're lost all the time. Why can't you figure it out? Probably because you don't want to. Yeah, I, I just don't think it ever shown signs of getting better. Right. When he was red hot a couple of games, he hit a bunch of threes. He did it against Memphis two weeks ago, and it was fun. But... It can't just be whether shots are going in or not, whether you impact the game, because he's only going to take four shots a game, five shots a game. You right. know, He can't let that dictate whether or not he's a basketball player. He's got to do more than that. And yep. now hopefully Rajon Tucker comes in and gives the Jazz a, a boost. All right, Jazz uh, led by Joe Ingles uh, tonight with 27 points on 9 of 16 shooting. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich with 19 points. Rudy Gobert with 18 to go along with 20 boards and five block shots. How about Rudy tonight? He was terrific. Donovan Mitchell uh, with 13. Emmanuel Moutier with 12 coming off the bench. Jimmy Butler led the way for the for the Heat with 20 points. We want to say a big thanks to Locke and Boone doing a terrific job today as usual. Uh, we want to say thanks to the 
the broadcast assistants uh, working tonight. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to uh, the title sponsor of the postgame, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And thanks to you, Ben Anderson. We will keep an eye out at kslsports.com for all of your work, which it sounds like we're getting a couple of things tonight. A very Merry Christmas to you and uh, Adrian. Yeah, back at you, Ben. Hope you guys enjoy your, uh, I know you work tomorrow, but uh, it'll be a bowl game. That's fun. And then uh, I hope you guys enjoy your holiday. Back at you, my man. And uh, we'll see you. uh, uh, Let's see. I'm not sure which game I have with you next. It's probably not. It it will be before the new year, I'm betting. Yeah, I actually don't know either. I should figure that out. Might be a good (laughs) idea. Send some texts. Might be a good idea for the both of us. But terrific work tonight. Merry Christmas uh, to the both of you as well. And Merry Christmas to uh, all the great jazz fans out there. Your final tonight, Jazz Fall in Miami, 107 to 104. Next broadcast will be uh, coming up on Thursday. The Portland Trailblazers are in town. That game will tip at 830. Pre-game will begin at 730. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.